Hey everybody, welcome to Good Heroin with Dave Ross. I'm Dave Ross. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This show is produced by Hold the Phone Comedy, holdthephone.tv. If you want uh, more of their stuff, they do live comedy and other podcasts and stuff. And you know, we're on the Starburns Audio Network, which is exciting. I love them. I've done other stuff with them. And it was recent, which is why I'm still talking about it. Ah, thanks so much for listening. Oh, and this is a fucking video show now, too. Wow. Hear how fascinated I am by the things that you already knew, probably. <laughs> Ooh, video. Um, no, I am excited. And it's new enough still that uh, uh, the Good Heroin YouTube uh, continues to not have a... Um, uh, oh, God, a custom URL. So I can't just say the fucking URL. <laughs> Actually, you have to get over 100 subscribers, so we're new to YouTube, so I we just got that. But you also have to be active for 30 days. I need a little bit of time. If you want to find us on YouTube, go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Dave to the Ross. And in my channels that I subscribe to, the channels tab, you'll see a link to Good Heroin, and you can see the video if you would like. I love you so much. Man, I got some shit to plug this week. I got some shit to plug. First of all, I never talking about talking about it. I never talking about it on the bad it. You know, that was fun. I never talk about it on this podcast, but I have a second podcast. It's called What's It Called? There's absolutely no point to it. We we rename it every week. It's my friend Caleb Sinan and I just being absolutely fucking dumb. It's uh, my favorite. We have a blast. So check that out if you want some more of that. Also, I started a Twitch show, and the first one is this Tuesday, Tuesday, February 2nd at 5 p.m. I have a show with Kyle Ayers. It's called Awful Level League. It's on his Twitch. I I started my – I got a Twitch account and I'm going to start streaming from there on my own. But I uh, I don't know, man. I haven't done that yet. I've been getting sad about quarantine. Give me a, give me some fucking time. Okay. Give me a, give me a fucking, um, I feel like I really have been sad and, and I have this, I feel like I want to lash out and, uh, and then, and so it's my instinct to be like, Hey, f- Hey, what the fuck? Like, it's funny to say that to a fan, but then I, but then it feels too aggressive. And that's why I've stopped myself and so we're, I'm already in an argument with myself here. It's already a roller coaster. So look, stick with me, okay? <laughs> I, uh, I need you, all right? I'm having, um, I don't know. I'm all over the place this week is my point. And you'll hear that a little bit in the interview today. Um, I, uh, but yeah, the show's called Awful Level League. Uh, it's me and Kyle Ayers uh, hosting together, and we'll bring friends in too. And what we do is uh, in... Any games, any video games that have a level builder, we build really, really shitty levels and then play each other and bring our friends in to play them. We've done a few practice episodes. It's been so fun. So Kyle is twitch.tv slash Kyle Prime Video, and I'll be posting links on my social media and stuff too. But it's February 2nd, 5 p.m., and then every single Tuesday after that 
at Kyle Prime Video on Twitch. Uh, I'm really excited. It's fucking so fun. Also, I don't know. Obviously, there's a lot more time in quarantine to play video games, and I had that's a forgotten part of my life. Something I love so much. So I'm stoked to get back into it. And uh, on that note, I also have a Discord now. I uh, I started a Discord server. I know nothing about Discord, so I didn't even know how it worked. And also, I don't know. I guess I don't want to post about it publicly like crazy because. I don't see the point in having a Discord server that uh, like random people who only maybe know me a little would get into and could be a dick. I don't know. I don't know if people troll on Discord. And I'm just, my point is, I'm for now, I'm only posting the link on my Patreon, but it's a public link there. Um, and uh, saying it on the podcast. I'm not sharing it widely, but everyone is welcome. And I especially, you know, I, I definitely want people there who know me and like my stuff, know my podcasts and shit. There's already like 50 people in there just from uh, posting publicly on the Patreon. So yeah, join my Discord server. Um, I made a redirect to it, an easy link, discord.davetotheross.com. Just type that in. Uh, and that will direct you to uh, an open invite link. Also, if that doesn't work, it's in my link tree, which is in the bio of my Instagram. So, yeah, man, I'm sending you to all kinds of fucking links <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, and I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave to the Ross. God damn, so many things to promote this week. How did I even fucking do that? We're trapped, and there's no comedy <laughs> i have four of like a list of four fucking things i don't know i don't know uh especially after months of not i am i am honestly going a little fucking insane with sadness this week uh so i hope you're okay and i'm fine you know i'm like totally fine i have my girlfriend she's the best i get to make this podcast which i love I'm like, you know, fucking around on the internet, zooming with friends. Uh, I'm okay, you know, and like I have barely enough money, but I have enough money and that's fine. And I'm eating and I have shelter and it's okay. And I know all that. But despite all that, you still get down as fuck sometimes. And this is just one of those weeks. So uh, I don't know. Maybe you're feeling it too. Cut yourself a break. Lay down. I don't know. Take it easy. You know, have some water. Chill. I love you. And look, go to my Patreon. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash Dave to the Ross. I put a bunch of new merch up there this week if you're interested in that. But I also have like stand-up clips and you get my albums on one of the tiers. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, bonus episodes of this podcast every week on the $5 tier. And if you sign up, um, you, of course, get a shout-out. And we have a bunch this week. Carter, shout-out to you. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. Muffin Top. Hell yeah, dude. I like your name. Christina Spaz Warner, welcome to the Patreon. Shout-out to you. I hope that Spaz is your given middle name. That's such a dope name. Jacob Drabick, welcome to the Patreon. Shout-out to you. And Alice Galloway, shout-out to you. Alice, I know you. I fucking know you. We have hung out. Alice uh, is one of the tent poles of the Omaha comedy scene. And yeah, I fucking said tent poles. Do I know what that means? Not really. But she's a part of the Omaha comedy scene. And uh, yeah, so wow. Thank you. Good to see you in here. Shout out to all of you. Let's get to my fucking interview, huh? I, um, I uh, man, I'm talking to one of my best friends this week. He, uh, I miss him so much. 
like one of my dudes in comedy. He lives in New York City now, and we're both kind of like, uh, you know, don't want to talk that much in the pandemic. It, it feels insane. Uh, so we got to catch up. We had a lot of fun. His name is Ismael Lutfi, I-S-M-A-E-L. L-O-U-T-F-I, and uh, he's just a great comic and a great writer, and uh, yeah, let's talk to him. Ismael, what's up, man? Hanging out, dude. What's up with you? Yeah, with your Bernie mug. With my Bernie mug, right. (laughs) Starting Starting off strong. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Ismael's Bernie mug. He, um, it's a Bernie 2020 mug, so, uh, so yeah, it's not like... Uh, I don't know what a piece of history. <laughs> it feels like history now. It no, like it is. Everything happened. It's like fucking cool. Um, All that happened there uh, was I was trying to make a joke that had some to do with it being recent instead of four years ago, and then I couldn't come up with a punchline, and so I had nothing to say. So I just said that. That's no, what happened. That's fine. I, I'm okay with Thanks. that. Happened, Dave. Yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, I'm a comedy writer, and I couldn't write right. comedy at the moment, so I just said anything. Is kind of what happens to isn't me it lately, isn't it? Pay- Dude, I mean, throughout the whole pandemic, I felt that way. I feel like anytime I'm supposed to be funny, I can't fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. How are you, man? Are you okay? I first of all, it's yeah. really good to see you. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're watching or listening. You might not know Ismail is one of my best friends ever of all time and uh, lives in New York now. So we don't get to see each other. And we both are kind of like, I don't know. It seems like we're both kind of hermiting up in the pandemic. So I haven't seen or talked to you as much. So, yeah, what's up, dude? How are you? How are you dealing with this shit? I mean, I think I'm doing all right now. I, um, yeah, hermiting up is a good term for it i've really it it just feels weird to like be in the middle with everybody like you know supposed to not go out we're not supposed to do shit so it feels weird to me to be doing that but then also be reaching out to people and calling and having long conversations with people which i think is probably the healthier thing to do but instead i've gone the other way and just been like i am staying in my apartment with my wife and our dogs i'm alone yeah books I'm, I'm i'm quiet i don't know if it's well, good but it's going to take a stab at maybe why i can tell you like i definitely at the beginning of quarantine i reacted to it by well it took like a month but then i started reaching out and trying to like facetime and chat and stuff like that and and uh i went i had difficulty with that in a bunch of different ways but i tried to stay on top of it I came in and out of it, like hermiting and doing that, but would try to stay on that because it felt like you said the healthy thing to do to keep in touch. Yeah. But then in uh, like October or November, I kind of lost my desire to do most things I enjoyed. Yeah. And I didn't. Couldn't put my finger on why for a while, but I think it's because. Like for a long time in the pandemic, it felt like uh, this was a pause button, like it was summer camp or whatever, like the the worst summer camp of all time, Uh, winter camp. Uh, And you can't. But, you know, we're holding up. This will end soon. 
it's a temporary fix. It's a Band-Aid on life, you know? So, sure, you can, like, have a little bit of fun with it. Reach out to people. We're only FaceTiming for a while. And then it's sort of, when it lasted till the end of the year, I think psychologically, I just was at a point where I'm like, oh, this is real life now. And this is going to be real life until it's not real life. And if I start doing things I really enjoy right now, talking to people I love, interacting with people I love, loving people I love, then they become part of this poisonous, evil, shitty, fucked up time I'm in that makes me feel bad. And so I'm not going to do any of it. And that is, I really think why I like stop texting almost everybody from, and I have to make myself do it now. It's hard. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably close to what I, what I was going through and what I've been going through. I don't, I don't know. I think a part of my problem is just that the idea of talking to people is like, it's so fucking daunting. Cause what am I going to talk about? Right. What do we have to say to each other anymore? Like after, you know, April of 2020, it just got like, Hey, more of this. Hey, we're just sitting, you know? Oh man. I'll <laughs> bet you that's a lot of it too for me. Cause yeah, it's intimidating. What the fuck am I going to talk to anybody about? I mean, I'm glad that you and I haven't talked cause I could, now we can talk. I have, I, got, <laughs> I probably have seven things to say after, sure. after this long period of silence. I think when you're a comedian too, it's like most you, we are trained to respond to stimuli, right? Okay. I don't know. Is that like a weird, am I just wrong? <laughs> but I, I think that's but I feel like carbon based life forms respond. Sure. To stimuli. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's what makes that's it true. Stimuli. I'm, I meant with words. I didn't mean, I didn't mean yeah. just the, the idea of, uh, of your cells reacting to other <laughs> cells being around them. <laughs> no, like, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is this. I, I, a lot of conversations are like, um, I don't know. I, I, there are people in my family who still post photos of their dinner and they're like dinner. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Whereas we like need there to be a little bit more. And so our conversations need to be a little more. Sure. And maybe that's like uh, something you're getting hung up on. I don't fucking know, oh, man. No, no, no. I, I know what you mean. I mean, you need to have like a take on something to say it to somebody if you're a comedian. And it, it feels like wh- whatever like process we have to have takes has been whittled down by this yes. pandemic to where it's like, if you're not like a fucking political guy who has a podcast about Trump, like you're not going to have very many things to say. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah, politics is like the only moving thing this whole year has been like the election and, and the pandemic and the effects that it's had. But otherwise, right. for guys that just like want to talk about jacking off or, or dating or whatever, like you and me, <laughs> yeah, totally. no offense. I mean, we both talk about politics, but you know what I mean? It's like whatever political stuff I say is, is a little bit more gen- general to shit and less like same specific yeah i would say you're uh more more probably much more plugged in than i am my my political statements are just like rooted in feeling i've kind of backed off of i'll talk to my friends about it but my feelings are like why can't people be nice you know what i mean like (laughs) things that things that people who just smoked weed for the first time think um i'm like i think government should help (laughs) uh but then i 
the other thing is that we've reached a point where there are people who are pundits yeah. who say things that are so extreme. And we know these people. They're all comedians. All sure. comedi- all pundits are comedians now. And they're just they just have these shows where they're like they say one polar opposite of the other. And I'll never reach that that extreme degree. Like friends of ours, people we've done shows with, have shows where they're like, I want to hear, I want you to name names. I'm talking about Tim Dillon. And uh, I mean, Tim's whole comedy thing is just like, I think Biden should be shot. Like, (laughs) I'll never have an opinion that extreme. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And that's fucking Trump's fault, man. Trump pushed it over the edge. We're like, now you have to, anything not crazy is cringe as hell. Right. Anything if you're and I mean, I, I've fallen victim to that, too. Like, I feel the same way. If I see anybody say some boring shit about, you know, unity or whatever, I'm like, OK, fuck you. Like, this is Biden is a cannibal pedophile. Say that even if you don't believe it, say it. It's interesting. We none of us right. really believe it, but we maybe kind of believe it. I don't know. That's what I mean. I do think. I mean, the thing is that the thing about unity, I don't know. Like there are middle of the road, boring ass takes that aren't those old school Democrat Gal Gadot singing. Imagine fucking bullshit kumbaya opinions that people have. And I like it is you're totally right. I think that it's Trump. It's the extremeness of that. It's the gaslighting of uh, everybody's opinions that happened. You know what I mean? Like we were all told that facts weren't facts and it drove us all crazy. <laughs> uh, it drove us all insane. Like literally you could be like, I'm like my shirt is my shirt says little dipper and a hundred people on Twitter will be like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on YouTube, I'm wearing a little dipper shirt. Yeah. It's, it's a really effective method to just deny things that are real. Because yeah. people are just like, well, okay, wh- why? Why believe things that are real anyway? I mean, it got to hand it to, to Trump and all that. They, they figured something out. Evil, but. It's entertaining and it got people interested and it got us all talking about it. I mean, he's gone and we're still fucking talking about him and we will be forever. But I guess what I'm saying is that like, I think that you're right that that's absolutely the reason that, um, that there's nothing interesting except the most extreme thing you say. But yeah. at the same time, there's still interesting things to say that are not extreme and are also not bullshit democratic opinions. One. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. And isn't that That's sad though? You can do that. I have to say Biden is a cannibal pedophile. I can't say, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely better than Trump, but I don't understand how there are possibly people without housing, health care, and yeah, uh, yeah. the ability to go to college in America. And everyone's like, shut up, you cuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't know. We're being harsh on ourselves. That That's that's saying that is enough. If you can so? these leftist guys, yeah, yeah, they're they're fine. That's I like that. I mean, I got a Bernie mug. You yeah, say dude. It. I, I mean, where are you at with with well, how do you feel about Biden and God? I mean, I I feel like he's just setting us up for you know the next the next best thing for the Republicans. You know, he's right. he's like establishing uh, 
exactly what they need to revolt against in, two, in a few years. I know. It's not going to do anything. I mean, again, I feel guilty talking about it because I don't have that much insight, but it just feels like he's not going to fuck. He's not going to make anything cool happen. There's not going to be any like big change. He's already whittled it down from $2,000 to 1400 I don't know if that's going to even matter. Right. But I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah. Do you, do you feel hope? I, I haven't felt hope in so long. Um, yeah, I do, but I don't know. It turns out I'm kind of an optimist. I never would have thought that, but I am. I like, I'm rooting. I would say I'm rooting for him, but mm. do I have hope? I'm not really sure. I'm more like, like, honestly, if you compare him to how other party line Democrats have acted over the years, I'm pretty impressed. He definitely he has gone out of his way to make his cabinet diverse, which could just be a gesture, but like gesture. He did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he like he's making gestures that other people have not made. It doesn't amount to anything yet. Yeah. But other people haven't done that. And so I don't I don't hate him yet. Uh the thing that bothers me more are his supporters that seem to be like gushing over him. That's what really scares me that people are actually excited and he hasn't done anything yet. Right. Because and the fact that Democrats can't see, like I, I called myself a Democrat for a really long time. Uh, I, it's like a lot of my family, uh, the democratic party is really important to them and huh. it's because they're, they were like, liberals that cared you know but what they don't see is like they don't understand how terrifying it is for us to go back to exactly how it was right before trump they think that's good they just can't see there's so many financial problems people are like starving and dying and they just don't they don't think that they don't care yeah but they don't care Dude, I have such a soft spot for people who have families that are Democrat, though. There's a because I'm just so used to everybody's family is like a hardcore Republican, you know, proto fascist. Yeah, sure. exactly. Republican. Yeah. Whenever I hear of any of my friends, are like, "Yeah, my family, they're Democrats. They're stupid, though." <laughs> I'm like, I like that. It's that's sweet. That's how my fa- my I'm my mom's side is is all white, and they're all like working class Connecticut people, and they all. They're all Democrats, but in the in the way that like because John F. Kennedy was Catholic, that's why they're Democrats, right? And that's like there's something refreshing about it, even though it's I don't think that describes more than like a couple million people. Well, I like it, dude. I mean, it's preferable. Well, and the thing is, like, I'm not when I talk about my family that way. The frustrations are recent. Yeah. Um, they're really within the past. It's like during the Trump era, even within the past two years or when I started to really realize that they're behind. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's just a guess, but like the reason that they are Democrats is that Republicans were sexist, homophobic and racist. And right. they were like, well, we're not that. And that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and right. I, and my mom is like, aggressively activist and has been everywhere we've ever lived to the point of like, like working in local government and us getting death threats. And that happened to us like, like literally 4am phone calls from people threatening to kill my mother. Uh, 
God. And so and yeah, and it was just my mom being like, yeah, hire a gay principal or whatever she was. And so she's really impressive. (laughs) I think it's great. And but the that's actually the reason I'm frustrated because now my mom is like, I can't stand Bernie. And you know why? He won't stop making fun of the Democratic Party. And it's like, do right. you hear yourself? How are you pro-gay, uh, pro gay, uh, pro people of color, pro women, pro trans people, yeah. but not but you can't see that you're being anti-poor. Right. They're just anti-poor. That's the dangerous thing with cultural, you know, diverse politics and all that is that. Democrats have sort of, they think they've like synthesized diversity and like being progressive on a cultural level with the Democratic Party. But the thing is, Republicans can find a black guy. You know what I mean? They can find a woman. Like they'll be able to find people that can do the same function that like Kamala Harris is doing for us, where it's, it's completely just a face. It doesn't actually have any, any deeper meaning to anybody other than like, it's the right color and, and genitals we love it you know conservatives <laughs> can, right are gonna hijack that i'm telling you biden is gonna lose to like the most fucking superficially woke looking person it's gonna be like a, a gay black guy with a nose ring who oh wow really hates mexicans it's gonna be some shit that's like i mean maybe not maybe not in four years i'm actually it's worried be- it's gonna be the almost the opposite and like i have uh that's the first time i've heard that that's really interesting that totally yeah. could happen a thing I hear a lot of people say about the Republicans, like they're not going to win in four years because they're going to nominate the most insane Trumpian guy. But I yeah. think my theory is they're going to nominate Ben Sass or somebody like him. Do you know who well, Ben Sass is? Yeah. Isn't he the guy from Nebraska? Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. it's Nebraska. And he's like a very well-spoken, very energetic, very socially liberal Republican in the sense that he like doesn't give a shit about identity politics at all. Like he doesn't care. But and he's he's the guy who was like Trump has gone too far. And he's like so he presents himself as this very collected, um, proper Republican who right. is interested in decorum. And so all the people that want uh, that the thing they hated about Trump was that he was a bad face for our country. He made us look like buffoons yeah. love him. But the problem is that then he'll get elected and he'll be like, and he'll just like put people in cages and shit yeah. again, just with like a pretty face and wearing a nice tie. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know if I agree. I feel like they're going to, I think they're, they're going to have to go with another faux populist dude. I think like they're going to have to go, with another guy who's in the ilk of Trump because their base is smarter than the left base, in my opinion, like the right, the right wing base, not smarter, but like they have better instincts where like enough conservatives who voted for Trump and like loved him and worshiped him. They at least are on the same wavelength as like, however many leftists who like Bernie, where the, the idea is like, all these motherfuckers in the establishment are bad. Like they don't care about you. Conservatives, the they're like majority of those voters get that. Yes. Just, instead of applying like the, we need, you know, banks to not own the country and we need Medicare for all, et cetera, et cetera. They've turned it into weird shit about Jews and, you know, right. gremlins and fucking, you know, Muslims and stuff. Wow. That's and so, funny. It's true. They do. Yeah. They just like, 
they're on, they're the, we're on the same page. We're together in, in a lot of our like basic assumptions. Right. Yeah. It's just that they're willing to hurt others to help themselves. Right. And, and they've just kind of in, you know, ingested poison for 30 years from Fox news and stuff that has made them take in all this anti-establishment stuff. That's good. But then it's, it's all crazy. Right. Yeah. Anyway, how's dating been, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Um, dude, I have a girlfriend we met in quarantine, um, on Bumble and, uh, I'm fucking crazy about her, dude. I'm at her house right now. Yeah. It's cool. That's awesome. Did you, I don't know if you've talked about it on the pod, so stop me if you have, but. I've talked about it a little bit. I try to, I had like a fucking, I had like a, like a shitty obsessive fan or two that really, really scared me. Um, Someone who like uh, just kind of um, really aggressively messaged me and tried to uh, get a hold of me and, uh, and like, also make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm not going to give any more detail than that, but uh, it was really, really stressful and aggressive for a long time. And as a result of mm-hmm. that, I am um, really scared about um, my personal life being public because I don't want anyone in my life to have to deal with that besides me. And, you know, I'm not even famous or huge, but since that's the case, I just kind of don't post about her. I don't say her name. I don't tag her in photos. You know, hmm. so that's why I haven't posted about it, and I haven't given a lot of what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I said it's Tim Dillon, yeah, it's Tim Dillon, it's Tim, yeah, <laughs> Tim Dillon's my girlfriend, uh, I think Tim's a girl, and I uh, like <laughs> all his um you yeah. know threatening famous people with death. I, I love that kind of thing, dude, that's um, crazy. that's really scary, um, I'm sorry that happened to you. It happened over over the pandemic, or beforehand. It started before the pandemic and continued into it, and ended recently. Wow. Uh, thank God. Well, yeah, that it's over. Yeah, thanks, man. How have you been? I mean, you're married in lockdown, yes. Yeah. Um, How is your marriage doing? Are you divorced? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's been really good that it ended. Um, <laughs> We're devastated, um, but it's the right thing to do. No, it's been good. You know, it's been fucking a learning process for sure um, because we got married and then like a month later, fucking quarantine happened, pandemic hit. Um, Oh, really? You got married in February? We got married in late January, so like a month and a half. Oh, shit. Um, Dude, and that, it was like, that was like the best time of my life. No joke. It it was a real, I, I hate... I hate doing these stories because everybody has a story about the pandemic and stuff, but like January, uh-huh. February of 2020, this is how I know it was real was like in the moment I thought this is the best time of my life. And then directly after I was like, that was the best time of my life. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like wow. yeah, with rosy eyes now or whatever, but in January I got, we got married, um, work i was about to quit my job at patriot act i was really excited to like just do other things and to write all this other stuff and i was working the the comedy cellar i was doing the comedy cellar in new york right bunch i was doing it like five times a night sometimes it was amazing it was like a dream five times a night 
okay, maybe not all the time, but like that happened. No, but that happened five times a night. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, a couple times. yeah, for sure. And then, and then for the most part, it'd be like two, two shows a night for, for weeks and weeks in January and February. And I was doing this show on comedy central. Not, not, I'm not trying to gloat, but yeah, it was awesome. It was so what fun. Show on comedies. Oh, the comedy seller show. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy seller show on, on comedy central. It was very fun. And I felt like a comic finally. And, um, and and our marriage was new and it was good. Everything was great. And then the fucking pandemic happened. And uh, fuck, dude. Yeah. Now comedy is illegal. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I lost my job in like the worst way. Patriot Act just kind of disappeared. Um, Wait, did it? It was brutal. I I remember that the show went away, but I didn't realize it was brutal. Like, in what way was it brutal? Well, it was it was brutal in that we got to do it through quarantine for like a month and a half for like two months, maybe. Um, and it was actually really fun given work, you know, it's a, it, it was a sure. really poor job. Um, but doing it was good and it, it flowed really well and it worked really well on Netflix through the quarantine. Like he did it, Hassan did it with a green screen. It looked great. Right. Yeah. And then we were just waiting to get renewed. And then, we had a meeting, like a staff-wide meeting, two months later while we were waiting to find out if it was renewed. And staff meeting was like three minutes long, and they just came on. And they were like, hey, guys, we didn't get renewed. So, Whoa. Yeah, it's been fun. And, and then we just went back to a pandemic. You know what I mean? Whoa. Um, it, it was brutal. And I'm not shitting on them for how they delivered it. Actually, I kind of am. Fuck, fuck them for that. That was sort of. It was, was it the meeting was, over Zoom? Was it a Zoom? Yes, it was a Zoom wow. meeting. Of course it was. I mean, it was in the middle of the whole thing. Uh, and I mean, it just would have been a little crazier if you were like, all right, everybody has to get a COVID test and uh, quarantine for two weeks. And then we're having an in-person staff meeting. Right. And then you're like, you're fired. <laughs> Everyone's fired. It's over. It, 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 they were probably shell-shocked, too. Everyone was surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. I'm so sorry. It's pretty crazy. I'm sorry. Um, I, but then you also said that you were going to leave. So in your magical January and February, you just got married and, uh, and you're like doing the cellar all the time. And so the plan, you were going to leave the show then. What was that about? I was going to leave the show at the end of the, the cycle, which would have been like March or something. And then I just wanted to keep doing the cellar and like, try to like, you know, get sell your own shows, move on. Kind show of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just felt like a really good springboard to like be doing other things. Um, and there was a momentum, I guess is the word. It felt like there was a lot of momentum. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, the, stopped, you know, being married to a woman you're crazy about and going up at the cellar all the time, I know are two dreams of yours. <laughs> For sure. Uh, totally. By the way, they're also two dreams of mine. So, fuck <laughs> you. uh, no, that's great. And, um, yeah. I mean, dude, like, I'm not, this is sort of comparing apples and oranges. It's not a comparison, but I relate because going into quarantine uh, was the, like, dude, at the very end of 2019, I was like, actually, actually, I quote you about this a lot. I don't know if you recall this, but I was, uh, I went to New York uh, after my album came out to like do shows and I stayed at your place. You're like amazing studio in Brooklyn Heights and that like insanely nice neighborhood that you lived in. Uh, I miss it. And I'm like, 
you know, doing shows in New York City. I hadn't been there for a while and I was having fun, but I was and my album had come out. But in my career, I was like, you know, broke and didn't know what I was going to do next. And you lived in this great apartment in New York and got to run around doing spots all the time and had a writing job. And uh, and like really the momentum was starting. And I was talking to you about that. I was like telling you how cool it was to see and how proud I was and how happy for you I was. And then you just said like a throwaway, like it didn't matter at all. You were like, yeah, man, you got to try to make money. (laughs) And and I just almost passed out because, uh, and then the next thing you said was Mecky taught me that. And (laughs) Mecky Leaper is a funny, really funny comedian. Who's a good friend of both of ours. And um, that made me feel a little better because you said that and it had never even occurred to me to try to make money. It had occurred to me to try to get good at stand-up, to try to get popular in stand-up, yeah. to try to get fans, to try to be cool to the industry. But yeah. it had never even crossed my fucking mind to try <laughs> to make a living. <laughs> so funny. But I and that like hit me really hard and I carried it with me. And uh at the end of the year, I was like, I'm fed up. I'm sick of this shit, man. And uh I like wrote out a whole business plan and that's why I started a web store and I started making this merch and I like I like doubled my quote that I quoted people for my stand up shows and I was like yeah. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna go all in and I'm gonna book my own shows and do like a door deal and just bank on the fact that people will come to my shows and it worked. And I was like making for the first time I was like in in like big liberal cities I was filling up a small room on my own and I had had like, like in Toronto, dude, I uh, like this tiny room in the back. I sold out one show, half sold out the next, sold a bunch of merch, made a bunch of money. And I did this. You were staying with me. That was like, that was at the end of January that that happened. Oh wow. And then at the beginning of March, I was like, I I had started uh, building out like a, calendar for the year of little two week tours that I would hop around the country and I would center them around a city where I had some fans and then use promoters and, and shit for the rest of the cities. And it really felt like I was working, like I was starting to be a touring comedian that had real fans at my shows. And then I had to stay home. It was so sad. The lives used to be so fun. (laughs) I know. Isn't it crazy? (laughs) I know it's, I don't really think uh, about it much because it's so it's sad. Heartbreaking, but, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, you had a a Comedy Central clip come on the internet on uh, on yeah. Tuesday, and um, and it bummed you out. Is that okay for me to bring this up? Um, like normally, it's a thing that would fill you yeah. with joy, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. It was cool to like have a thing come out, and I and I, yeah, I, I don't know why, why. Why was I saying that it bummed me out? I'm getting stage fright. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm scared now I'm gonna say something that's gonna make my manager mad. <laughs> well, luckily, your manager is an old friend of mine, and uh, true. I, uh, I'll just no. be mean to her. Is what I- <laughs> she's my no. friend, so I'll be rude. We were just, we were talking about how it just, you know, during the pandemic, things don't really make a splash at all, you know? Yes. Like, like, especially stand-up clips in general, but like I did this, this Comedy Central thing and it was a, it was a big to-do where they had me and I'm really thankful they had me on it, et cetera. But 
Um, it was all, it was like 20 people in the crowd, everyone's spaced. It was COVID friendly as fuck. But then the thing that we're just living through now, it's like people are on their phones in, in such a different way now than they were a year ago that I don't, I don't know the things that blow, things either blow up or they disappear. It's like the way it feels. Right. And uh, I, I would guess yesterday I was just lamenting that my, I felt like my clip wasn't getting more views. It seems so silly, dude. Comedians are we're children. I don't think so, man. I don't think that's childish. I, I, I've said that so many times getting upset over an um, amount of followers, amount of views, amount of likes. It feels childish. It feels frivolous. It feels like you're in high school and you care about, um, gossipy bullshit. If you're like, I didn't get enough likes on my post, but I, I don't know, man, I've changed my mind about that. And I, because we, because that's part of our work, building, uh, a fan base, Building like, uh, yeah, building a fan base and having a following uh, is what we do. And so likes, it's not the same as for other people. It's part of our industry. And, um, you know, getting upset about one particular post being low on likes or whatever in a sea of posts is one thing. But like, no, yesterday you were like. It wasn't just the amount of likes. It was that it was like this gets this is getting half or a quarter of the amount of play as it would otherwise. Yeah. Um, but it's also like the only thing you've gotten to do in a calendar year. So to have people not care is so. You would think in a year where no one can see live stand up. Like, ideally, you look at yourself as a comedian, a professional comedian, and people want you to be that. So Ooh. then, if you follow that logic, people are getting to see you live, and that's where they get uh, their fill of Ismail throughout the year. But they're not getting that now. So if you are a real comedian, one would think that if you post a clip online during that time, a hundred times the people would care as normal because finally they get to see a clip of yours. Right. But instead it's the exact opposite. And that happens to me every time I put effort into a thing this year, people care. And I am so grateful for the people that are still around, but it's less than before Sure. for whatever reason. And it hurts. It just does. And, and I think the thing people really want now is they want things that reflect what they're going through, you know, in a way that, really makes stand-up just inaccessible you know sure because if you post like a video of stand-up you know from back in the day it'll it'll kind of seem out of place in in that it's like well that's from like 2018 we're, we're living through a pandemic now but then if you post a stand-up clip that's contemporary that's happening now people are going to look at it like Why'd you there's, do this? There's five people in the audience. Why, why were you, everyone's wearing a mask. No one's laughing. It like just feels weird. Totally. So it, it or just, there's a yeah. hundred people in the audience and they're all like, well, fuck you. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. killing people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The stakes have, are also just so high for everything. Um, when it comes to posting, it just feels it's, it's a weird feeling. I went through my video and, and this guy posted on Instagram he posted like how this guy get up here on the video, how to, how to get on stage, put me on. Wow. And, uh, I, I liked it, the comment. And then I went to his Instagram and I, and it, he's like 15 and it, and it was Bill Burr. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
no, it's it's this like fifteen year old, and I just like went through his pictures and liked a few just to be. I was just wow. in a weird mood, and then he DM'd me and he said, "How'd you get on stage? Sorry to bash you like that, but I want to see you do better." And um, whoa, yeah, and then I said, "Thanks, man, I appreciate that." I got the set by asking for it in an Instagram comment. Nice, and, dude. And he said, seriously? Wow. And I was like, yeah, if you ask Comedy Central, they just give it to you. Seriously, man. And he said, just asked. Can you send me the contact info you used to contact them? So basically, I've, I've set this guy up for failure in a way that is really mean. Because Comedy Central is going to be very upset that J-E-R underscore M is just blowing them up. I mean, first of all, I don't know, dude. I, mean, I guess, like, I, I don't fault you for that. I feel like you were messing with him, and it's his fault that he doesn't know you were messing with him. If you live in a world where you think commenting on a YouTube video gets you booked on a thing. Yeah. I mean, what is your life? That's the craziest part about that whole thing is it's eye-opening that people really, they think... A few things. I think people who watch stand-up clips, they think one Comedy Central either like wrote the script that we're reading, or yeah. two, they think that we're just random people doing stand-up. Like we're not we've never done it before, and maybe we're just yeah. like grifters who asked and Comedy Central was like, well, okay. It's yeah. nobody can envision hard work. It's so funny. Nobody can imagine that the comm- the people doing the thing they're watching try really hard to do it. I wonder if this like, you know, we lived in a world of front facing videos for a long time now. It's really popular. I mean, when we were younger, YouTubers were especially huge and I guess they still are. But when it started, they were like, everyone's familiar with that phenomenon. Uh and like that, I I don't do that. I'm sure there's a craft to that. There's a craft yeah. to any sort of performing, um, but it it doesn't even include a high production value. And no mm-hmm. one is in the room, and they're just being themselves. I wonder if this has convinced people that that's literally every type of art. Yeah, you just go because because if you think about it. Seeing a stand-up video and seeing someone just talking into a camera doesn't really seem that different. But stand-up, in order to be yourself on stage, you have to do it for like two decades. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then finally, you've reached a point where you seem, it seems effortless. Whereas me talking into a camera, I think I can just be myself right away. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably some craft to it for sure. Um, and like figuring out how you're funny doing it, yeah. but it's, it's definitely not, this, it's definitely not as, not as gruesome and, and grueling. The the thing that I, I've equated it to is that a lot of comics, um, like myself, I do stand up and I did stand up at first because I was a very shy guy around people, but I was funny with my best friends, but I'm a very shy person. And the idea of stand up was like, I bet I can be funny to everybody if I'm like incubated and just in front of them and like given a special place to perform the act of being like a extroverted guy. Right. 
Yeah. And that, and, and it's, and it's kind of, it's effective because then you go on stage and, and everybody loves you and then you get off stage and you can be shy again. Cause you don't have to fucking talk to anybody you don't want to in real life. Right. Yeah. The thing with the internet and with Instagram is that it's sort of, it's like the picnic, right? I'm not funny at a picnic if I don't know everybody. The internet is kind of like going, Hey, just be funny to everybody always. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's taken away that sort of like insular stand-up thing. And that's, that's why it's so hard for, for a lot of comics. I think that's why it's hard for me. I can't do a front page of video. Cause I, it's just, you just want me to be who I am. That's right. not fun. I don't even know, know what, what that I is. mean. <laughs> I have no, <laughs> I didn't know what that is for eight years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm searching. I'm 38. I have less of an excuse than you do. I'm pushing 40 and I'm like, I don't really, I have no idea what I think or feel. I, <laughs> um, well, I also think that my least favorite thing about the internet, and it happens with every single way that uh, people consume media on the internet, whenever a new one comes out, it has the exact same problem that, and everyone acts like the problem isn't there, which is that people being around people, creates a palatable energy. It just does. Totally. Um, whether it's someone that you're very familiar with and uh, uh, if you have something to say to them, saying it to them in person is better because you feel their energy, you see their face. There's just, but it's not quantifiable, even though it is tangible and you can feel it, it's not quantifiable. You can't even describe it. I don't even know what it is, but I can be so mad at someone in my head and I'm like, why did they do this thing? Why did they say this thing? And then I see them in person. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're a person. They didn't mean to hurt sure. me, but that the removal of their humanity made me able to paint this picture of them Twitter, with Twitter, for example. Right. If I write a joke on Twitter they don't hear me say it in my voice. They don't see my face. They have no context for how I say it. They read it in their own voice in the context they've created. And yeah. so the people that are good at that are the people that don't, I mean, maybe they do feed off that energy in some things, but they don't need that energy to be funny. And I think my, I don't know. I personally think that the fact that we don't know how to describe it is a huge detriment to those of us who really use that, whatever that is. Yeah. Cause I'm all that man. I'm like, I can write a joke and uh, I can do some funny stuff, but like I'm re I'm the most funny when you're around me and, oh. uh, and I can read the room and it doesn't, I don't even have to be, I can be doing my material that I wrote, but there's this intangible thing where I like, I am pretty good at like plugging into the feeling around me and writing it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't translate to the internet. Yeah. And we don't know. And most people act like it doesn't exist. They just, the people on the internet, they're like, sure. he's not funny if it's not making me laugh. But you're like, when you were doing stand up in that clip, that's Comedy Central clip, you were reacting to the vibe of the people in the space you were shooting it, not right. the bedroom the 15 year old kid was sitting in when he watched the clip. Completely. You can't account for that. That's so true. And it, it's kind of a shame. Like the first thing, and I think they edited it out, but the first thing I said when I got on stage in that show in front of 20 people in the middle of the pandemic, because I got on stage and I said, this is normal. And I got a really big laugh. Not yeah. that that's the funniest thing in the world, but that's to your point. It's like the, the, the moment is so important to, to stand up, you know, yeah. and it, it gets completely just drowned by the internet and by, by phones. Um, I can't believe they cut that. That sucks. 
That's so funny. It's weird, right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. They got to keep it to a certain time. So I'm not going to bitch. But yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, they all have jobs and bosses. So it, who knows if it's anyone's fault. But I'll, I don't know. I think you can especially see it in how like you need the laughs to be big in a clip. That fact alone means comedy doesn't really translate on the internet. People watch a clip and they have no idea if it's funny or not. They just yeah. hear the rest of the room laughing and they're like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Isn't like, that weird? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it really speaks to how like animal we are or something. We yeah. really need, we need to fucking hear everyone else like it. That's how I feel every, every time I've ever bombed. Not every time. A lot of bombs you deserve, but there have been times. Four times. (laughs) Right. And you've deserved all of them. Um, (laughs) No, I, sometimes when I bomb, I'll I'll have this thought where I'm like looking, I'll like look at a guy after the set who wasn't laughing. And I'll just think if that motherfucker was in the show I did last night where I killed, he would think, I was a really good stand-up comedian. He would think I was totally. special. But because he saw me here and he was taking part in this ritual not liking of me, he thinks I'm bad. And it's yeah. purely circumstance. If all the people last night, if one of it, one at a time they had been swapped into this show, their minds would all be changed. I don't know. I'm just a deep thinker. What can I say? Yeah, dude. You're really smart, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, dude, I, yeah, I, I don't think you needed to undercut that. I, I, I think that was astute. It's true. I like, I mean, it's also a thing that comedians think about all the time that doesn't need to be considered by anyone who's not a comic. But I like, I mean, even people that really get it, it affects. Like, you know the Conan Booker, right? You know him. Yeah. You've like submitted to Conan. Sure. I've hung out with him. I know he thinks I'm funny at JFL. When we did Ismail and I did just for laughs together. Um, he like pulled me aside. We had drinks. He was like, send me tapes. And then we went through the whole process. You know how that process ended? <laughs> oh God. It ended years point, later. I could be. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I've never done Conan. So uh, I could be overthinking this. But like we were going back and forth with tapes and who knows, maybe he just wasn't digging my shit, which is totally possible. Someone can think you're funny and not dig it for TV and a million other things. But I can tell you that this is exactly how the process ended. We were trading off tapes. It was a long and grueling process, but we were going through it. And then I had gotten a tape to a place where I really liked it. But, you know, when you're practicing a five minute stand up set, it's all every set you do. You're trying to tape. So I was. I wasn't doing anything new. I wasn't having fun. I was just doing this rehearsed set every time I did stand up. I made the tape. I sent it to him. I went and did a show at the improv lab, the little room at the Hollywood improv. And he was there. And uh, I shook hands with him and we talked and it was fine. There were maybe four people in the room. I didn't even think about it. It was the only material in my brain. So I went up on stage and I did it. To complete silence, like not even not even pity laughs, not even the host going (laughs) like full blown bomb. And then I don't think I've ever talked to him. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> in his mind, you're still there. You're in the lab, bombing to silence, just doing that same set. Even if it's not relevant anymore, you're still doing the bits about fucking Secretary yeah. of Education or whatever it was. I love that joke. I have a Damn. bit about the Secretary of Education. Yeah, we have a bit of, um, about Warren Hatch. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, straight first grade, that bit. Yeah, I yeah. think he became open-minded right before he left the Senate. Warren Hatch? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I read something where he was like, ah, he regretted all of his anti-gay stuff. Really? And then, I think, maybe I'm making that up. I, I'm pretty sure, though, he weirdly had like a, a turn of, of heart or whatever. And Wow, yeah. that's really encouraging. I was going to ask you earlier, by the way, yeah. Um, I, what are your, we were talking about politics and then we like deviated. Um, actually I remember a moment where I, uh, couldn't think of a way to ask this question and I left you hanging and, okay. uh, I felt really bad about that. <laughs> it was about 30 minutes ago in this interview and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I've, I am, I guess my point is I, uh, I failed you as an interviewer. That's fine. About a half hour ago. That's all right. Um, and uh, do you remember you were like, so uh, have you been dating? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all my fault. <laughs> 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 and um, I was trying to think of a way to ask this question. I, uh, what are your, I think I know the answer, but like you wrote for Patriot Act for a long time, this yeah. show that was like splaying out American politics uh, from like a, not your point of view, but near your point of view, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, politically, where are you at? How do you... I don't know. Where do you land in our current I, world? I think I'd say I'm, I'm leftist as hell. You know? Yeah. Yeah, all that shit. Fucking Medicare for all and all that stuff. All that corny stuff. I, Why I, do you I, say corny? I mean, just because everybody... You know, if you're on the same page, then it's corny. And if you're not on the same page, then you think it's you think it's ridiculous and corny in a different way. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people think Medicare for all is radical? I, I mean, I, I think people have just been poisoned. Truly. I just think for, for 40 years, half the country has, has been taken small doses of poison to believe that things like that are, are undoable, even though the rest of the fucking the rest of the world of the Western world has it. It's, it's crazy to me. It's one of these things that like, there's no explanation other yeah. than people have been deluded and people have been confused into thinking that the government shouldn't do anything for them. It's really, it's really crazy. And it's, it's just, I just want to blow my brains out. If I think about I also it think it's much. interesting that you referred to it as corny. Like when you, like you literally were like, you know, leftists, like all that bullshit, like, did you say that because comedians are leftists and we're just that too? Yeah. 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 I, I'm just saying, because I mean, it would be interesting if I was like, you know, dude, I'm a straight up fucking anarchist and I want to kill people, but I, I'm, I'm with, you know, however many comedians, it's probably, I'd say half of comics, maybe, maybe not, but every Brooklyn comic is, is a leftist. And I'm in Brooklyn, so that my mind is thinking that way. Of course, if you're a comedian in, in you know, Chattanooga, you're probably a slightly more conservative. Sure. But you mean that 
it's not interesting to be a leftist comedian because yeah. the culture of comedy is leftist for sure. Yeah. I would, I would think so. Do you, do you not think that way? I mean, I was thinking about it a little bit today about Jon Stewart, how at the time that the daily show was like really rocking, we all thought that he was so radical. Um, yeah. But now when you think about Jon Stewart, he's kind of like an Obama bootlicker sort of like, but sure. by, by the way that I view the political spectrum now, anybody like Jon Stewart is, is kind of like a moderate kowtowing to conservative sort of guy. Yeah, definitely. Right. It's sort of weird. But is that like, like a, are you thinking about that as like a fuck him kind of thing? Cause I think the exact same no, thing, but I also really. think time has passed. <laughs> yeah. And we needed, we really like what he had to offer people who were not conservatives really needed that at the True. time. Totally. I mean, at least I felt like I needed it for sure. Yeah. He, he was definitely a reaction to everything getting, getting pushed extremely right wing, um, which it hadn't, hadn't really happened. I don't think for a long time, even under Reagan, like it wasn't as like, it was, it was crazy what was going on with Bush and, and, and all well, that with shit. Bush, we also blatantly went to war. <laughs> right. It was like right. really crazy. <laughs> I mean, when you look at it now, it's funny. It really did. It set the stage for Trump in so many ways. Yeah. Like so much, so much of what Trump did was just like the natural conclusion of what a Bush president would have done. Bush 2.0 would have done that. Totally. Right? Except Trump was less. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you can only see this if you're watching on YouTube, but my microphone just fell on me in like a really sad way. <laughs> yeah, it, it really looks like the mic is just done. Yeah, it just like <laughs> stopped having an erection. It just bent over and fell. Yeah, it, it, it moved in a way that looks like it only could have moved if you were touching it and it did it on its own. It like yeah. undid itself. <laughs> yeah, it like it propped up. The angle is such that it couldn't, and then it just started tipping over. And yeah, it fell out of the yeah. stand. What the fuck? Dude, there's some fucking Toy Story shit going on with your microphone. It's trying to like get away. Oh yeah, no, I suck to hang out with. So uh, <laughs> the mic and my uh, my switch controller are uh, they're fucking out of here, dude. Uh, yeah, man, I f I you know. I fuck my microphone. Uh, the reason I ask you <laughs> that, I guess the implication of that joke is that Andy fucks Woody um, <laughs> and Buzz. Oh, oh, you were going on with the Toy Story thing. Yeah, I don't even I know guess. what I was saying with that. I mean, dude, the pandemic's yeah, really. been rough on all of us. I have no idea what I'm saying I, anymore. I, I'm not a comedian anymore. Yeah. Uh, or I'm just bad at it. No, the reason I asked you about that stuff is that I, one thing I'm really interested in is like, I'm, I'm super leftist at this point too. And if I think about it, I, I basically always have been, but I also like, didn't really, we just culturally hadn't gotten here. It wasn't okay. that popular. And I yeah. know a lot of people that are, that have leftist ideals that weren't yelling and screaming about, um, healthcare and the disparity of wealth just three or four years ago that are acting like anyone who ever wasn't leftist is a piece of shit. And I just think that's really interesting. You know, like you said, like you think of John Stewart as like a liberal bootlicker and yeah, totally. But 
but like only if he does it now. If he did it four years ago, I don't. I'm not judging right. him for that. That's and, how and it I, was. And I think that's got it. That's the way that we're we're so left now is because of how it was ten years ago under Obama. We were, we all kind of got duped. Everybody for for that whole era was kind of just like waiting for Obama to do something really cool and believing like, yeah, no, it could. I remember when Obama won, I cried the night that he won. I was 16 and I was watching the TV CNN and I was, I was crying. And uh, I remember telling my friend and my mom the next day on the way to school, like, do you think like, what are the, what are the Republicans going to do when they, if they just like him too much? Like, Will they run somebody against him if if he's so popular? And <laughs> like I was so naive, I feel I feel like everybody was really naive about how things are. And and it took Obama being the most bland neoliberal fucking nothing. Yeah, for everybody now to go, oh shit, we need to we need to do. We need to do socialism. Like we, that's really what we need to do now. Unfortunately, we tried the other thing, and he just bombed Yemen more for some reason. So we we gotta do. We gotta go all the way with this. He you really know? did just bomb Yemen more for some reason, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> I don't think there was a reason. I don't think anyone knows why he did that shit. Yeah, he was just like, we should try. Well, we got these robots. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's see if robots. I do think it is good. It was a legit like policy decision was just so that he would seem more, more powerful to conservatives who label, you know, they always label liberals as being weak. I think he was thinking that when he was doing a lot of the bombing, he was thinking like, I want to seem strong. Wow. Which is part, partially why we went to war in Iraq too. I think is just, just to fucking show our dick. Sure. I mean, yeah. it feels like a lot of why America does most things. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we're an yeah. empire in decline. We're doing a bunch of silly stuff just to show off. Totally, dude. That's Isn't that so funny to know that? It didn't really sink in until the last couple of years. I, I guess I was on the fence like, is this the fall of the Roman Empire? I can't tell. But now, now it's like, damn, dude, that's my lifetime. That's what's happening. I'm here, you know. Hey, I'm going to take uh, my AirPods out because they're dying. Do you think it's going to affect the the audio? Um, I don't know. We're we're going to wrap up soon anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, take them out, dude. It's okay. all right. Sure. Uh, Ismail has AirPods. So they're the worst invention. That's they're what, what they're the worst invention. That is what you and me <laughs> learned trying to record this. <laughs> yeah, we tried to record yesterday. Uh, it's taken hours, it hours is- and hours. <laughs> it's been it's taken days, dude. Yes, literal I, days. Um. <laughs> No, that, that's a good point about America. It's really, it's kind of, I guess it's exhilarating that we're getting to live through it, um, but it's also kind of a bummer, man. I wish yeah, it would be better. But I, can... I also feel like, and just correct me if I'm wrong, that you and I are both fucking sad right now. <laughs> At least I am. I just am. As I'm talking to you, I just... Everything I talk about right now is going to have a sad tinge in general because this period of time, past week or so, especially in quarantine, has just been just been getting to me, dude. Absolutely, I I I totally agree, dude. There's not like who the fuck is happy right now? The right. people who have succeeded right now are, are fucking freaks. You know, know. 
like I know somebody and out just anybody who's like having a blast. Fuck you, dude. I, I don't want you. <laughs> having a blast, Dave. I I actually did. I used your name in a bit. Um, really? While in when was it? It was like over the summer of 2020 when New York was starting to do shows. They were doing park shows a lot. Okay. This joke that I only did like a handful of times where I was like, don't you, ha- don't you hate these people who are pretending like this is the best time of their life? Mm-hmm. And it was cause you and I had a conversation where you were like, dude, I'm fucking, I'm actually doing pretty good right now. <laughs> you're, you're like, dude, I'm actually like happy and, and I'm productive than I've ever been. And this was right after my dad died. And <laughs> Oh God, did I really in that conversation tell you that? It Fuck. might have been. I think it was. Ugh, no, dude, there's no, yeah, it's oh, all. I'm so fun. sorry. No, it was funny. And the, the bit was just like, I, I have they hit these friends who act like they're doing well now. Like, fuck you. Like, really, the, the list of people who are doing well throughout all of this is Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and Dave Ross, my <laughs> friend in LA. Oh, He's killing it. He's just fucking killing it right now. <laughs> wow, I feel terrible and embarrassed. I only did it a few times, and I love you, and it's fine. Oh, I know you do. I know. It, it's a good joke. It's fine. I was, sad. But- I was really sad at the time. Jesus, I can't, I can't believe I said that. Cause I remember that was the only time we talked. I remember your dad died and I remember like uh, checking in on you and then we got to talk and man, that's crazy to think that in that conversation, I was probably trying to cheer you up. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like, yeah, you're going to be okay. You can be productive. You know what? Now I'm mad at you (laughs) and I think, I think this is all your fault. I, I'll say this. I was very depressed at the time. So of course. I, I'm thinking in everything in a bad way. Yeah. But you were also, we were all going through the trauma. It was like in April. It was, it was. Yeah. It, no, it was in late March. So it was right in the beginning when everything was fucking just bananas. So I don't yeah. at all. Like we were all. Yeah. And if you were feeling good, that's amazing. Like I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> you, Thank you. For me, that wishes I could be like, you know, jogging every day and like making stuff with this time. You know, what's so funny is that I remember that exact time and I remember feeling that way. And I remember being surprised that I felt that way. Cause I like at the very, at the very beginning, like when it all shut down, I went crazy. And then like a a few weeks went by and what happened was all of the pressures of my life left. There was no career there. I didn't have to do anything. And I like, I think I talked to you, like I had a week or two of being like the scramble of like, I gotta, I gotta do stuff. And then I realized there was no careering that could be done. And I like had like a day or two of rest. And then I was like, Oh, I like want to write this and I want to make this. And without the career pressure, I felt myself having fun making sketches or whatever. And uh, it lasted like two weeks um, and and then I honestly like chased that feeling the whole rest of the pandemic until I gave up like a few months ago, like trying to feel productive or, you know, like making a career out of this or something, you know? So, yeah, but I remember feeling that way. And that was why. Yeah. I just can't believe I said it to you in that conversation. God, damn, what a horrible timing. I I also recall, though, you not saying anything. And so now I'm just picturing... You're like sad on the other end of the phone and I'm like 
trying to cheer you up. I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's okay. And you're like, this piece of shit. Uh, no, good to hear from you, man. <laughs> no, dude. I, yeah, it, it was funny. It was a very funny moment. But I also, you're one of the few people I talked to at all. So I right. appreciate you for having been there for me, even if I took it in a bad way at the time. Now, yeah, man. It was, it's all comedy. Um, but yeah. How, um, we don't have to talk about this long or at all if you don't want to. But I mean, yeah, you've had to fucking mourn, dude, in uh, quarantine. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. How has that been? I don't even know how to ask it. It's, uh, it's a really strange feeling to have lost my dad, but also like amidst a historic number of people losing their dads, you know? So it, it kind of feels like I can't fucking showboat about it because right yeah yeah that guy down the street lost his grandpa too you know what i mean um in that way it's it's sort of invalidating which is kind of sad he didn't die of covid um it's good because at least he was unique but he uh he yeah he it it still kind of hits me i'm i think i'm doing better now i think i'm doing much better now like i don't i don't really think about it very much and when i do it's like i don't get like sad about it but um yeah, it was a brutal beginning of the year. March, that was fucked up. It was lockdown, dead dad, and then Patriot Act stopped. So, and it was all on the same day. It was all like one Friday afternoon. Whoa. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay now. I feel pretty good. I feel like I'm able to just do shit and, and not be depressed. That's good. Yeah. Have you gotten to see your mom? Uh, that's been a good thing. She, a lot of my family's in Connecticut, which is only a couple hours away. And she goes up there once in a while from Florida. She'll, I mean, it's crazy what she does like, with COVID. She'll just get her on a plane. She doesn't fucking care. It's kind of weird, but, oh. uh, and she's a nurse. It's, it's really kind of fucked up though. She's vaccinated now. So all well, but yeah, good. I have been able to see her because she, she goes to Connecticut and then I'll, I'll me and my wife bought a car. Um, and so we drive up to Connecticut once in a while and just hang out. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's been a good thing. What? It would, it would just would have made it so much harder if you couldn't see her in for this. Sure. So yeah. it would have been brutal for yeah. her. Yeah. And, and me. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, losing a family member, that's losing a parent sucks. Not yeah, fun. I'll bet, dude. Kind of makes me understand why they're bad parents makes it easier when they die it's like it's a bad person hey, it sucks that i'm not doing bits here I'm, I'm just i'm just talking had a good day <sighs> yeah you kind of you're saying you wish your dad was bad so you didn't care now <laughs> oh man <laughs> i think that you should still be a good dad ismail <laughs> hey man each is you know fair enough in different ways You've convinced me. I'm going to have kids <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to hit them. Okay. That's a start. <laughs> yeah. It's only the beginning. <laughs> how, have you, how have your parents been? I know that you, you talk about your, your dad a lot. You fight yeah. it? Yeah. You want to fight fight the guy still? No, actually. I, um, 
I, uh, I guess, I don't know if we, I mean, I guess we haven't really talked much, but dude, I had like a, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet. I've talked about it on my Patreon podcast, but, um, I like, uh, everything I had been like having a difficult time dealing with, with my dad. I like, uh, two Christmases ago, something happened and I just like flipped out and I, I just like said it to him. I was just like, you abused me as a kid. I just like yelled it at him and it, it was like, and, uh, he said, uh, I know and apologized. And then we talked it out and, uh, he and I are really close now. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't say really close. I wouldn't even say close, but we are like, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. We talked about it and I'm good with it. Damn dude. That's fucking, yeah. that's sick. It's the most insane thing ever. Yeah. It was like really, yeah. It's like a lesson, probably the best lesson I've ever learned that like, I just like wanted someone to say that it happened. Sure. You know, like you can't change the past, but what you can do is look someone in the face and be like, yeah, that sucked. Sorry. Mm. And like, we're all gonna, you know, look, it's complicated. And, uh, and there are a lot of things that he didn't apologize for that. I wish I could get on the same page with. And even when we talked about it, there was some sort of like, we were on the same page about stuff. And, uh, but also, you know, he's in his seventies and I don't know, it was like way more than I ever would have imagined him like hearing me on a thing and, and apologizing. And so I am trying to carry it with me. Like when you have kids, you're gonna, there's like literally no way of avoiding fucking up a ton. And the best you can do with those things is to acknowledge them. You know, there's a lot of getting defensive amongst human beings. And, uh, I think we all don't want to be bad people and we all don't want to be wrong. And so I understand why a person could be defensive. I get defensive about a lot of things I would imagine, but with kids and uh, with people who, who's like um, feelings you affect, uh, being straight up with them uh, is important. It's hard to do, but it's important. So, so what I'm yeah. taking away from this is, my dad's dead and you and your dad have never been closer. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. We've done it again. You asked motherfucker. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. No, that's great. That is, that's really cool. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Sure. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I liked how you asked it too. You were like, how are you and your dad? You've uh, talked about him with a, fucking smirk on your face you do you talk i do i have a lot of jokes about my dad Um, your your dad is your muscle (laughs) well that's the thing now uh that he apologized i got uh no identity Uh that'd be like if i'm atheist yeah totally shit is your wife muslim she's not she's not but give it time yeah, yeah. Are you trying to uh, convert her? No. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, Ishmael, I'm sorry that I recreated the conversation from earlier this year uh, <laughs> you. about how I'm soaring and you are not. Um, nah, man, it's so good to see you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, man. This was fun. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, dude. Hey, do you want to? Um, do you have anything you want to share, promote? Where can people find you? Stuff like that. I mean, you could my Instagram is smile dot just try to spell it however you want. It uh, uh, will be spelled out in uh, the name of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Just spell it like that. Totally. Uh, you just stand up clips from the past. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. He just uh, had a clip on comedy central Stand Up at oh, CC stand up. Yeah. Got it. Right. And uh, yeah, follow him. He posts great shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, yeah, thanks again, dude. And I don't know, let's stay in better touch so oh, I can brag more. For sure. I, I need to hear it. All right, man. <laughs> Love you, dude. Ismael Lutfi, everybody. Follow him, please. Watch his videos. Just fucking find everything you can from him because he is the absolute funniest. I promise you, you won't be disappointed if you find his stand-up clips and watch them. He's the best. And thank you so much for listening. Again, I have a Twitch show with Kyle Ayers that starts this Tuesday, February 2nd. Um, and we're doing it every Tuesday after that. So come watch 5 p.m. every Tuesday. I have a Discord server, discord.davetotheross.com if you want to join. Um, my other podcast, what's it called? I'm at Dave to the Ross and everything. My website is Dave to the Ross.com. Uh, you know, and I like, I don't know how often I say this, but, uh, there's a lot of, um, the culture around creating and having fans and being a fan and consuming content, all of that has, uh, it's gotten to this place of like, um, I don't know. I see a lot of, uh, guilt and pressure on all sides you uh you create a podcast you feel obligated to fulfill the promises you made you are a fan of someone you feel uh obligated to i don't know support them in in well a lot of people feel obligated to support people in monetary ways and this is i just want to say i appreciate you listening and all of the support you give and all support is good and insanely helpful. Truly the listening, subscribing, sharing, watching, liking, following. These are all great. We're all broke right now. Don't feel obligated to give anyone any money. And if you want to support listening, sharing, subscribing, liking, following, rating, writing reviews, these things are all great and all help. And I encourage you to Support in whatever way you can, free or with money, me and whatever creators and artists and local businesses you possibly can right now, because we are clearly all in this together. Uh, perhaps uh, our government will start helping a little more. It seems like they won't. <laughs> so it's on us and uh, it's just hard. And uh, I don't know. All of your support is so appreciated. I'm just so grateful you're here and feel no pressure to do anything with anyone. But at the same time, I do think uh, that we should share each other's shit around and try to help each other. And so I don't really know 
that speech was like pretty erratic and all over the place, but you know what I mean? We're in this together and I appreciate that you're here and I hope that you do it with other artists and creators that you like too and with yourself and on and on and on. Appreciate you. I'll see you next week. Be good to yourselves. Drink water, lay down, rest, take it easy. I love you so much. Glad you're alive. Bye.